It is nice to see the sun. Hello, sun. <laughs> this gloom that we've been living in every single day, a dystopian future where we come in and just like forget about it. That's not, that's how you know the weather's been just wildly bad for a really long time is A, I'm talking about it because I hate weather talk. Mm-hmm. I think it's the lowest common denominator. Yeah. But when I walked outside today and I went, oh my God, I need to find my sunglasses. They're somewhere in a drawer. Who knows? The sun? Wow. Beautiful. It's not even nice out. It's not even warm or anything. It's just the sun came out and I'm all stoked about it. Thrilling stuff. Thrilling, thrilling times. Leafs Panthers game two tonight. Pretty important game, I would say. Yeah. I, I think that the uh, the focus is going to be recalibrated. But let me fire some quick Jay's thoughts before I get into Leafs and going to have... Foxy Baby, Luke Fox on in a couple of minutes. Give us the 411 on what's been going on with the team behind the scenes. But, okay, yesterday was just a, not a Jays only, but kind of a Jays only because the Celtics game was a blowout. Predictably. Mm -hmm. Old Daddy Warbucks here. (laughs) Old Mr. Hits His Bets. The Botano King. The guy who is... Botano is borderline regretting sponsoring this show, given that I just refuse to stop giving out winners. I don't know why it's not a huge national news story. This should be, <laughs> I, I should be getting way more credit from the network for how hot my picks are, but it's fine. But yeah, I hit another bet. No big deal. Some of you just refuse to reach out and mm-hmm. you just remain poor. It's five you out know? of the last six, I think. Five of the last six and... You stretch it back. I think I've only missed one bet, or sorry, two bets in two weeks. Batting like 900 on the year. Yeah, it's just <laughs> an insane clip. That's what I'm saying. And I started off ice cold. Remember, I think I yeah. lost the first four, three, four bets. We started off like really good in the first week, and then we had a cold streak. Yeah. And then you came back. Now, ever since, pure and utter domination. Mm-hmm. Pure and utter, and not even sweats. Yeah. Like just easy, free and easy. But yeah, Celtics game's a blowout. The bet gets cashed early. The man, Jobo, you're a resident Jersey guy. <laughs> red on red, Carolina, New Jersey might be the most aesthetically disgusting thing I've ever seen. It's impossible it's to watch really that hockey. I, I find what, what, like whenever it's two teams with like almost the exact same color schemes, it's uh, it hurts my brain to watch. So I'm just, Toronto, Tampa, Minnesota, Dallas. I'm just, just staring at it, trying. I was genuinely <laughs> sitting there trying. As though it was like my kid's piano recital where I went, okay, I have to pay attention to this. Up there. This is important to them. And I just could not. And anyway, the game was a nothing burger. It was yeah. basically over. It's just, it was a crappy game. Yeah. So the Jays get the primary focus complete, which I love, right? Because I love my Toronto Blue Jays. I enjoy watching them and my favorite pitchers on the mound. And I'm going, yes, all right. They need this one. Manoa, you're the ace. What do aces do? They stop it. He gets hit with a comebacker while he's cruising and never looked the same. I don't know if it was just like he couldn't plant properly or what exactly the deal was, but Manoa clearly tapered off after getting hit with the comebacker. Maybe it was just coincidental. Maybe it's just a rub some dirt on it, get out there, do the thing next time. Mm -hmm. But it was a little disconcerting. And I will say that we're now officially at the point, we're in May now. And Manoa's had some good starts. Although his first one against Kansas City, who he's dominated, was one of those fake good starts. And then he had one really good one recently against the Yankees. But outside of that, 
The ERA tells the story of what his season has been. He's not the Gosman getting babbipped guy. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been himself. And this is bad considering that a lot of the fancy prognosticators were saying that Manoa was a regression candidate, that he was not going to be somebody who replicated his year from a season ago. So I'm a little... The alert level is up at least a little bit. I've always said Manoa's a gamer, and he's someone that I'm just, I still want there in a huge game. I think Gossman has clearly jumped him at this point when it comes to who the number one guy is that you want to see on the mound. Yep. Would like to start to see Manoa turn it around a little bit, and this is tough. Jays lost another one to the Red Sox. It was right there. Also, really tough game to evaluate because the Jays made a million errors. It was actually a million. A million errors in this game, including Varsho just dropping a flyout. Espinal sure-handed throwing baseballs away. It was cold. It was wet. Yeah. So you give those guys a bit of a mulligan, but boy, you don't want to start to see that yeah. start to tick Four up. Four errors on the game. Yeah, very, very ugly. I'm just going to go through the ne- the negatives because they are pretty much negatives right now. Like the Blue Jays are a good team. Yeah. They've been playing well, but they're in a bit of a bad spot right now. And the other thing is like the offense hasn't been good. But Varsho is now starting to turn around and actually show some signs of life at the dish, which is extremely important to them because they've had way too many middle-of-the-order bats that haven't provided much for them. And clearly Chapman is going to regress at some point. You might already be seeing signs of it where he's going to cool off just a touch. So they're going to need some of these other players to start showing a bit more production. Varsho, chief among them. The other guy, Brandon Belt, the Jays might be indicating to you that it's already a write-off, that it already might be done. Because if he's not getting some of these matchups he's getting against right hand, he got pinch hit for the other day against a right-hander, and they brought in Kirk, a right-handed bat. This is someone they gave about $9 million to to hit right-handed pitching. And they're sitting him now in consecutive days after pinch hitting for him. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like his position with this ball club is tenuous at best. The problem is, who the hell are you turning to? Luke's? Who's in the minors? This is a quad A group. There's there's no there's no like Gabriel Moreno type that is a tier below you yeah. that is chomping at the bit to get up here and replace somebody in the middle of the lineup. Like they they just do not have that. Mm-hmm. And and weirdly, this offseason with the Blue Jays that was all about hey depth, they really improved the depth. The depth got so much better. It sure doesn't feel that way when you've got Nathan Lukes and Brandon Belt and Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal. It, it's starting to feel a little thin. Varsho turn around, that is a good thing, but Belt might be on his last legs. It certainly appears that way. And then the other guy is last year's big trade deadline acquisition, Anthony Bass, who came in and was bad again. Yet again, you're just praying Anthony Bass can get out of an inning with one run against. That's his goal. Man, I was I watched the game with Ennis yesterday. I'm mm-hmm. sitting there going, they got to bring Trevor Richards in here. They can't go to Bass. Boy, that's a far departure from where we were at a season ago. So, yeah. Couple toughies for the Blue Jays this week. Anyways, Leafs Panthers tonight. Foxy baby on the line. This is what I was thinking about on the train today. I'll lead in with Luca on this one. Um, there was a there's a refractory period. We all get it, and everyone was sort of feeling it. And I think that media people didn't want to kill the Leafs because they ended up having a game where, yeah, sure, they outshot the Panthers, and Bobrovsky played well, and it's game one. And the neither team won game one in the last series, and a lot of that stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But also, the Toronto Maple Leafs have won one playoff series now in seven seasons. 
And maybe your group should be a little bit more urgent in game one. And maybe you should be establishing the pace of the game when you're at home against a team that you finished way higher than in the standings and frankly are just far more talented than top to bottom, way more balanced throughout your roster. Luke Fox, senior NHL writer on Sportsnet. What's up, brother? How are we doing? Uh, doing well. Just uh, walking to the morning skate here. So mm, trying, nice. not to take, trying not to take these... Uh, you know, playoff game days for granted, you know, round two. Oh yeah. It is nice, yeah. huh? Like been yeah. waiting so long to have it in the city. What would it be like? And now we get to <laughs> finally know, we get to finally know what playoff hockey is like in May in the city of Toronto. Okay. So let me just ask you that, buddy. Is the urgency back? Cause it feels like it's ramping up now. Leafs can't go. Oh, two. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they need urgency. And that's the exact word Austin Matthews used yesterday when we talked to him. And it, it is kind of funny that there was a letdown and I don't know if it was just, they were just as surprised as the rest of us that Florida was the opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if, I wonder if game one was in TD garden, if there would have been that letdown, mm-hmm. I think there would have been a bit more buzz and urgency and, you know, butterflies, but all of a sudden you're playing a team you've never played before in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's an eight seed. Uh, you had your way with this team in the regular season they're a little bit messy. They're a little bit sloppy. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, you know, there was a buzz in the, in the arena to begin. And then the Leafs had two power plays. They couldn't connect. They couldn't take advantage of that and take control of the game. Florida goes up to nothing. And then all of a sudden it got quiet in there like it was a regular season game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of the Panthers dictated how that game was played. That was a Panthers game. Like, mm-hmm. in fact, after the game, I talked to Sam Bennett and he said, we want to play that game all series. We have improvements to make, but that's basically the style of game we want to play. The Leafs are the, are the favorites here. They need to dictate how the game is played. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. And early on, too, that was, that was actually the thing that probably bothered me the most. I know I was kind of being the zag guy, and I felt like Mr. Negativity because everyone was going, what a start for the Leafs. They drew two power plays, and I'm going, yeah, but Florida has one of the worst power or penalty kills in the NHL. Like, opponents scored 25% of the time against those guys. And if you watch enough hockey, it feels like you don't capitalize on those things, and it can bite you in the ass. And then from kind of that point forward, you look at the five-on-five numbers, Florida was better than Toronto was. And there's this, like, script out here that Toronto got goalied, and I'm, I'm going, I don't, that wasn't what I saw in that game. I saw a group that looked a little frantic off the hop, and then, yeah, had some lackluster moments in a game where, like Matthew said, didn't feel like there was urgency, didn't feel like they imposed themselves on an opponent that they absolutely should. So there, there was a lot of talk about the pace, right? The pace, the pace, the pace. But I was yeah. thinking about this. Okay, so what is the style the Leafs want to grab a hold of? Because it, I don't think that they can match Florida's speed. They definitely don't want to get into a trading chances off the rush battle because Florida capitalizes on those like crazy. So what do you think step one is going to be for Toronto in terms of us looking at this game and saying, okay, they're playing their hockey and Florida is not getting off what they want to? I think the big thing for Toronto is establishing zone time. Toronto's excellent off the cycle, but they need to get, you know, second, third chances. And then also once, once they get to the zone, they can't just be messing around the, the fringes around the outside. Like, I, I don't know if you stayed up, maybe not because of your early oh, I watched. show. But I'm watching all the games, brother. 
Yeah. No, the, the Oilers game? You yeah, up last night. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, good for you. Do you know what's funny, cool. though? I was going to go to bed. It was 5-3, and I went, Oilers, losers. And then Drysaddle scored the fourth, and I was like, ah, fine. I'll stay up. I'll watch. <laughs> so I got trapped yeah. by Leon. Okay. He basically forced me to stay up last night. But, yeah. He did the same thing to me. But see how the Oilers, like, when Connor gets it, they, it's, nah. they don't mess around. They start going to the, to the, the slot area right away. And, and I just think that the Leafs need to do that a little bit more, like be a little bit more direct. I mean, that, the, the classic example was that William Nylander opportunity mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm sure everyone saw more than once where there was a clear path towards the net. Like, I think they just have a mindset of attack and then get the rebound and spend some time in, in the zone. I think that's huge. And then just like try and figure out how to avoid the, the Panthers forecheck. I mean, that's their bread and butter. They just come at you with so much speed. Mm-hmm. So the defensemen have to be on their toes. The forwards have to hold up the forecheckers a little bit, like not interfere, but, you know, get in their way, give them a bump. Like everyone has to be on board with that. Dude, 100%. And I'm actually glad you brought up Drysaddle and McDavid driving the net because this was the way I was going to start my show today. Is it, it seems overly simplistic, but Toronto is looking at a defense core in Florida that isn't exactly the most imposing, right? Boston completely, like for all of Montour's success, good for him. Those guys got caved in five on five with shot attempts in that last series. It was not close. I think they were outshot by more than 20 when those two guys were on the ice. The first line pairing with expected goals for the Forsling pairing that everyone loves with Ekblad. It's like nice, you know, they were 50th out of 55 qualified groups this season and expected goals for. And then that fourth pairing for them, or sorry, the third pairing for them is basically like, please just survive while guys are out here all year long. And I watched that Oilers game last night and that was my same thought too. And I, I wanted to, I wrote this one down. It was just, hey, Leon Dreisel has four goals in that game. And yes, Matthews has had his moment in the comeback game. And I think that he's been just mostly great throughout the playoffs at this point. Marner and Nylander though, they faded in the last one. And Tavares scored that big goal, but he was pretty non-existent that first game too. Are the Leafs, we've done this whole thing of who has the best superstar tandems and who has the best things and blah, 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 blah. And yes, is Matthews better than Dreisaitl defensively? Whatever, this is not the point. The point is, if I'm Marner and Matthews tonight and I'm Nylander, I'm thinking, I gotta be inspired by that Dreisaitl performance. Where's your game like that? Where's your game where you're just being creative around the net and you just take one over and you dominate? And you just tell those Panthers defensemen, like, yeah, we're actually going to go to the front of the net. We're going to take advantage of your weakest area. And, yeah, we're going to pile up offense on you. We're going to make sure that we're getting slot opportunities. We're going to make sure that we're having that dominant puck possession. And, sure, good luck with your counters, but you're only going to get a few of them. Like, this actually tonight, I feel like we're back to the same question that we had in the Tampa series, which is are we going to see the Stars step up? Are we going to see them just dominate a game against an opponent where they absolutely should? And they can. They have that capability. I think it's just flipping the switch. They kind of, they kind of tiptoed into that first game and mm-hmm. were kind of like, okay, we got a new opponent. Let's feel this out. And, you know, we went down one nothing to Tampa Bay in the last series, and we came back, and we know we can come back. Uh, but, you know, you do not want to lose another one on home ice. I mean, they're 1-3 one in, one in at home in these playoffs. And Sheldon Keefe was talking yesterday about how yeah, just because that's a league-wide trend that the road teams are doing well shouldn't make us feel any better. I mean, you worked all season to get home ice, mm-hmm. and your fans are paying, like, hundreds or if not thousands of dollars to sit there. Like, give them something to cheer about. Get inspired. 
don't wait for the series to get to the desperate point. Um, so, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think they need to take advantage of Florida's defense. I think that's their weakest spot. Uh, like, I, I was thinking about it actually this morning. I was like, if you were to name, like, the best four players in game one, I think they're all Panthers. I think they're Kachuk. I think it's Sam Bennett. I think mm-hmm. it's Montour. And I think it's Bobrovsky. I don't think any of the Leafs players had like a banner game last game. Uh, I don't think they, you know, I don't think it was that lopsided. I do think there was a bit of puck luck, hit a post. Will Nylander maybe lifted over the pad a little bit and it's a different game. But uh, I just think the Panthers best players seized that game and and the Leafs stars were average. I completely agree. Um, I thought Matthews was their best guy. But it was a pretty non-existent performance from Marner. It was a pretty non-existent performance from Nylander. So um, Marner right now, he, he's got points, right? And it looks like, well, it doesn't look like, they, they moved him back with Matthews to try and take care of Kachuk. And we'll get to that in a second. But the Nylander thing is now, it's, 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 got, it's hit the bubble up point, right? We've now hit it. He's gone five games without a goal. It was a 40-goal scorer on the year. And... I, even I don't want to take this too far, but he does only have goals in the two like massive blowout games, right? Games one and two against Tampa, which were the the weirder ones. Either way, he's gone five games without a goal, three games without a point. It. Do you think they just keep him down there with Tavares? Do you think that they move him back? Like what what are you seeing with Nylander right now, and and what's kind of the I guess I hate using the word vibe, but yeah, what is the vibe from sort of Sheldon Keefe and Nylander in terms of where he's at with his game right now? Uh, it's tense, I would say. Yeah. Like Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe is not using the whip. He was asked about Nylander yesterday and was kind of like, well, you know, all goal scorers are streaky and he's getting his looks and it'll come. And, you know, William Nylander's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting a chance to come and he's very short, uh, you know, not being very critical of his game. But he's a minus in these playoffs. He doesn't have an even strength goal. You know, they need him. We're seven games in. He needs to have, have that game, and he's fully capable of it. You know, I was talking to Mark Giordano yesterday, and he is, I believe, a minus six. Yep. And he said, that's unacceptable. Bottom line, I cannot be on the ice for goals against. And if I am, I go over the video, and I look at what I individually can do better so I'm not on the ice for goals against. Now, it's a little bit different, right? He's a defenseman. He's not... His, He's not getting paid to score goals, but I would have loved to hear something like that from William Nylander. I cannot be on the ice for goals again. He is, he is, you know, it's one thing if, if you know, you're, you go cold, all, all scorers do, but if you're going cold, back check like crazy, get in the way of people, look engaged. I thought, I thought he, he was floating through that first game, and, and I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if he's sulking because he got bumped to power play too. Like, I sure hope that's not the case, but like, look around. You're in the second round. You're, you have an opponent that you should beat. You're a dynamic offensive player. The Florida Panthers will give you chances. They gave you chances and they're going to give you chances. It's a run and gun team. This is a series where you could thrive. So I, you know, I'm not writing him off. I think he could have an incredible night tonight and we're, and we're back to saying there's good Willie. So we'll see how it goes, but. He needs to step it up. No, honestly, the times you write him off are usually the times that he pops. So maybe we should write him off. Maybe we should just write him <laughs> off. And everybody write the article like he's done. He should be benched. He's the, he'll never score again. And I always get this reply from 
uh, Leaf fans who love Nylander, who are just like, you know, their identity is defending Nylander. They go, well, what about Marner last night? He wasn't, it's like, yeah, the one guy plays a 200-foot game and the other guy doesn't. Go read Justin, I read you and Bourne yesterday. Both pieces very good up on sportsnet.ca right now. Go look at Bourne's piece with the video breakdowns, the clips of Nylander in his own zone for some of the goals against when he's on the ice. It's deplorable. (laughs) It's really just bad. If you're him, I think you got to have some pride. Okay, Mark Giordano, there's a conversation there about what the future of his ice time looks like, and I don't know how they end up actually sitting him from a team chemistry standpoint and from a just roster balance standpoint, like Hall and Neeland, or sorry, and... Uh, Lilligren don't fit together, so I don't know what you do there, how he ever comes out. But, yeah, it kind of is getting to that point. But with him, nobody's ever questioning the effort. They're questioning whether the body can still hold up. These are playoff games, and you're just seeing William Nylander straight up, standing straight up in the D zone, looking like he's not trying to make a play on anybody, waiting for the puck to break out the other way. It's it's not pretty stuff for him. So, yeah, production for him, I'm sorry, it matters more than production for Mitch Marner right now, given what Marner at least gives you both ways. He's your number one penalty killer, for God's sakes. Nylander is absolutely not that. So I'm with you, with you, with you. So the, the tough part of this, though, is the sulking or whatever. I don't think it's that. Um, but I do wonder about the engagement and his ability to play with Tavares as well and those two guys to kind of take over large stretches of game and really establish that cycle. And it feels like the Leafs are kind of caught between something right now with the Kachuk because those guys, I think it was your piece, right? You mentioned that they had 75% of the shots when those guys were on the ice. Right. That's true. So those guys are on the ice for 75% of the shots. And all of a sudden you're on home ice and you feel like you have to have Marner and Matthews together to counterpunch those guys. What do you do here? Because when you split them up, it doesn't feel like you're getting enough out of your top six as a whole. You put them together, it feels like you're only shot against the Kachuk line. What what do you think Keith does tonight? I think he does more of a hard match of of his best players against the Kachuk line and forces them to play more in their own zone and just say, say like, you know what, Austin Matthews, you take the puck down to their end and it's, Kachuk won't be a, as much of a threat if he's playing in his own zone. Because mm-hmm. Kachuk got some a bunch of lines against the camp line, the fourth line. And Sheldon Keep, I, I kind of see his point a little bit. Like the reason wh- how he explained it is he was trying to get Matthews and Marner against Florida's fourth line to try and take advantage of a mismatch and score because they're trailing. So I think whoever scores first will allow Keith a little bit more leeway to, to dictate the matchups. Um, but Paul Maurice is kind of like, I'm not going to hard match. He said, we're the road team. We're, and they're the AC. They're going to be the road team in any series they play. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to throw guys over the boards. And he says, it's more about zone starts than it is hard matching. But Keith likes to think about matchups. And he said he wasn't even committed yesterday uh, at about 1, 1 p.m. He said that, that him and his assistant coaches were debating over how to tweak the lines, who to put a, against Kachuk. And that conversation would continue all through the afternoon. So it's going to be fascinating. I, I, I wonder if he's going to tip his hand here this morning or if we're just going to find out uh, once the puck drops. But it is a problem because that line is killing them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they go back with bunting to the top group and try to move Nyes back down to the second line to give them a shot in the arm. 
I think regardless, I think Bunting deserves a bump to the to the top six. Yeah, I thought he had a really good game, and I don't think he got enough ice time for how well he was. He's been playing last. He was eighth games. in minutes, and he only finished with fourteen something. It's just not good enough for a guy that's clearly was one of your best players in the hockey game. Yeah, and he scores a pretty goal. Like yeah. reward him. Like yeah. enough with the enough with the punishment. He and he has jump. He has fresh legs. Like think of all the the wear and tear he didn't absorb mm-hmm. during the healthy scratch and the and the uh, suspension. Yep, it's huge. I, 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 I know he was Keith's whipping boy throughout the season, and I know that a lot of fans were frustrated with him. And there's also the fear of, hey, is he going to be the guy that ignites Kachuk, right? Oh, is he going to be the one that does something dumb with Kachuk and plays into those antics? I would say that the thing I've been most impressed with Bunting is that none of that stuff's been there. Like, he takes a high stick to the face, he draws a penalty, and he doesn't do a huge dive and show about it. He just kind of wore it. He gets the penalty. We move on. And maybe it's because the ice time, maybe it's because of the game situations, but I, I do feel like maybe he something clicked in with him here. And the guy knows, hey, I have a lot of money on the table this offseason, and I want to be playing in these games, and I don't want to be the scapegoat in the city I'm from, so maybe I should sharpen up the play. I'm, I'm with you. I feel like the punishment needs to end for bunting. He needs to be back up in the top six, and yeah, they, they need to be giving him a little bit more ice time. The problem is is that I liked him down on that third line, and I thought, boy, these are this is the line I kind of like tonight, and I still don't know who goes there if he's not a part of it. Yeah, well, I think Yarncroc maybe needs to spend some time farther down the lineup. You mean he, in the press box? Because it's getting close. <laughs> it's like that level at this uh, point. Well, and and also Sean McKeefe, you know, is, is putting 11 and 7 on the table. Like, I think he's mm. thinking of all options at you know, I think As- this is a, a good series for Aston Reese, but mm-hmm. he hardly got any ice time in game one. So, And they won last time. They went 11-7 in, in game six against Tampa. So I think everything's on the table. It's, it's just, a, yeah. And it, it's, a, it's really funny, actually, the fact that we're seven games in, there's been no consistency in the lines. Mm-hmm. None. Like, no. beyond none. That's one of my... I, I like that Keefe's thinking strategically... Of course, they have to be the ones to make adjustments after losing game one. But that actually does make me... Uh, that, that's probably one of the more concerning things here to me. I, I know that some people are listening to this going, why are you making a five-alarm fire out of them being down a game when you think they're the better team? Which I do. But it's just a little concerning to me that uh, the, uh, the former GM, Michael Lombardi, the football guy, he uses this term that I love. It's a football term. It's you force the other team to play left-handed. Right, you force the other team to make that adjustment and not play the way they want to, and yeah, just don't really love that Toronto's the home team and they're trying to figure out what their lines are and whether or not they're going to make the desperation move of going eleven and seven and how they're going to counteract this group and how they're going to find some scoring down the lineup. Yeah, it's yeah, not these just aren't great conversations to be having right now. I'm not uh, fully loving it. Okay, um, here's another one that you're not going to love, Toronto Leafs fans. Did we get a better explanation on the Samsonov thing, leaving warmups and his level of health? I know this is the impossible time of year to get information on that stuff, but yeah, what what is your feel around Samsonov and his health? I think he's at whatever ninety something percent, mm. and I think he and I think he's been at that for a month or two. Basically, Kyle Dubas came out uh, towards the end of the regular season and said he's dealing with a little something, and he's con- going to continue to deal with it, and it's something he can deal with. Mm. So I don't. I, I think he's something less than a hundred percent, but. Obviously, I think, you know, he's fine. He's fine enough to play. 
I, I don't think I don't pin that loss on him. I mean, he, the other guy had a better game, mm-hmm. but he made some fantastic saves, and uh, you know, I, I don't think he's a liability. Yeah, I think he's the best option they have right now. So, no yeah, is he a little is he a little banged up? Sure. Is, I, I would say T.J. Brody's a bit banged up. I would say Mark Giordano's a bit banged up. Like mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly, I think there's a, a few guys dealing with something, but it's not something that's stopping them from playing. What does Ryan O'Reilly's hand look like up close? He's still bandaged. Yeah, but I'm worried about I'm worried about his foot because he's been limping around a little bit. He's been limping around a little bit. He took a a hard shot block off the foot. Um, you know, I I don't know. I I'm not going to diagnose it, but he, he's been favoring it a little bit when you see him off ice. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't think you're yeah. diagnosing. You're observing. Yeah. There's a big yeah. difference. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I'm not, I just don't want people to panic or anything. Like, yeah, no, it's all right. It's, uh, panic, everybody. Do, that. <laughs> do you know, by the way, that's, this is 101 of not getting, is that don't mention it. As long as you don't say it, you're like, I don't want people to panic. That's usually where your beers wow. perk and be like, wait, what should we be panicking about? <laughs> you know? I'm just, I'm just, Patrice Bergeron went on a yeah. cup run and half with half a lung, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's <laughs> Every, everyone. Yeah, that, no, that's what people push through. A hundred percent. That is the sport. A lot of these guys are banged up and we do accept that, but I am definitely in the camp of, uh, all right, well, if you're out there, then you're out there, you know, you're, you're playing We're we're judging you based on this. If you can't go, don't go. If you can, don't tell me about it later. You know what I mean? The yeah. it's, you've decided this. There's no way that the Panthers are fully healthy too. Okay. So also from your piece, thought this quote was pretty interesting. Quote, I would say it's under physical from what we're used to. End quote. That was Paul Maurice. What yeah, do you make of that? Yeah. How are you interpreting that? Play coach reader. <laughs> I'm interpreting that as the Leafs are not as rough as the Bruins. That, that is how I took that quote. But it was, it was kind of interesting because I thought it was a pretty physical game. There were over 80 hits. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was a little bit like they're not as rough as the Bruins were to us, so we'll be fine. Hmm. So you don't think that's uh, goading the Leafs players into something because that's the way that I read it. Oh, like try to make them lose their, lose their cool and try to be extra physical and yeah, well, take, take penalties? Well, that and I thought I don't think that any of the Panthers players are intimidated by the physical stuff. And I made this point on Leafs talk. Of course, you're going to hit Kachuk, right? You have to take every opportunity you can to just hammer that guy and try to wear the Panthers down. Physicality is obviously important this time of year. And yeah, we're, we're even talking about it right now with why does Bunting look so good? It's because he didn't play in four games. He didn't have the wear and tear of a bunch of those guys. But I don't think that they're shy of those things. And, and I feel like if you're a counterpunch team, right? You're the, where was Toronto's biggest mistake of the game? It's after a huge hit by McCabe, and then he kind of loses his mind a bit and jumps yeah. up in the rush and decides as a guy who had, I think, four goals in the last two seasons that he was going to be the one delivering puck support below the hash marks. Like, no idea other than, yeah, he was juiced up from the big hit. And if I'm them, I'm saying, I want you guys taking chances. I want you guys taking risks I want to have it be one where you guys feel like you need to impose yourself rather than just play your game and have the puck and yeah, drill it down in our zone. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that because there were a couple comments from the players yesterday about that. Like we can't go chasing contact is kind of the phrase they use. Yeah. So I'm sure that the Leafs coaches are drilling that into their head. 
yeah, it's emotional. Yeah, the, the, the Panthers are going to take some runs, but we can't go out of our way to, cha- to chase it because then it takes us out of position like the McCabe incident. So I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that that message is being drilled into the players, and I would expect them to be more responsible. On, mm-hmm. on the McCabe thing, it is kind of interesting because when he first came to this team, uh, I had a conversation with him about how Keith likes his defense to pinch more. Right. Mm. And he's like, and it took him some getting used to because Chicago didn't play that system. But when there's a chance uh, in general, especially during the regular season, the Leafs defensemen, no matter who they are, it doesn't have to just be Morgan Riley are encouraged to go down and, and pinch and try and be a little bit more aggressive and the forward's supposed to cover. So I wonder if it was partly, you know, the adrenaline of a big hit, but also thinking, Hey, this is how the Leafs are supposed to play. Mm. But you don't do it when it's tied 2-2 in a playoff game. After you it's, just it's, stole the momentum back. Yeah, yeah. It's also situational, right? Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're trailing, maybe, but not, not 2-2. When yes, it, exactly what you said. When you've just tied it up and, and things are starting to swing your way. Yeah, I, I just... There's, there's a part of me that fears with that stuff and why I kind of mention it and why I think it could be... Yeah, Maurice playing those mind games and hoping that filters into their dressing room is... Toronto for a long time, it was you're soft, you're soft, you're soft. You're not built for playoff hockey. Then they make all these acquisitions. They get guys who are supposed to impose a bit of that identity. But you go, okay, no, you're supposed to have some of it. And it's good that you do. Everybody loves seeing a big Luke Shen hit. Everybody likes it when McCabe steps into somebody's chest at the blue line like he loves to do. You want to see them be able to win puck battles more. But yeah, don't confuse yourself with the Bruins all of a sudden and be trying to measure yourself against that. Just play your brand of hockey. Don't try to, yeah. Just like everything in life, essentially. Don't try to be something that you're not. And that would be the advice that I would be trying to give them. Okay, so I mentioned the Geo thing, and you spoke to him, Dash 6. I don't think he's coming out, but could Hall get back in the lineup here? What do you think happens with the, the bottom pairing? Yeah, I think it's possible. I, I like Lilligren's speed in Same. this series. Yeah, so I, I'm not convinced. I, the other thing is, like, are you going to overreact to one loss? Like, like, how many changes are you going to make? I think it's just more because, about how much Keith trusts Hall, right? Like, how much Keith has leaned on him throughout the regular season and as a penalty killer and that, yeah, he wants redemption for his boy. Yeah, no, it's, it's possible. And I, I would be, put it this way, I'd be shocked if Hall doesn't appear in this series at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I think it's going to go six minimum. So it, Hall's not going to be in the press box the whole time. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, that just the that, that that I was like, of course he's going to play game one. I liked Lilligren too. I, I also just like the fact that it feels like there's a shot up there. He's another guy who can walk the line and forces the defense to just at least pay attention to someone who might filter a puck towards the net. I like the speed. Toronto had a ton of zone exits and he had a bunch of them too. So I go, I think he does fit the series. I just, yeah, I don't know what you do if this is Mark Giordano because there's no real other option. It's so strange because this team was always left-handed, left-handed, left-handed. Now all of a sudden you look down on the bottom pairing and you're going, how do they, how do they get a left-handed guy on the third pairing if Giordano can't do it? Yeah. Cause Gustafson, no you know, way. It's, it's, it's just his style of play. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right to uh, be a, to be a partner with, with Lilligren or Hall. So I got yeah, it's, it, it's an, it's interesting way conversation like i i don't really know the answer and i uh, the answer might be seven and eleven with hall in mm. just to let just to take a little bit of pressure off off geo lessen his minutes a little 
Because mm. I I'd be shocked if they healthy scratch Gio. Yeah, no, I it, just his importance to the team and yeah, his just his actual play function. It's it's hard to imagine it too. But boy, yeah, he I I hate saying this because he's a real favorite of mine. But if you were gonna say, hey, JD, who's the worst Leaf throughout the entire playoff so far? I would have to choose him. Yeah. Uh, See, even I, you were I, reluctant. You were like, yeah. I I well, he, he's just like, I don't know. You yeah, love the guy. He's old. You love the guy. Exactly. That's but, it. See, even you, you're like, I can't say the thing yeah. that you said, which is true. It's fine. See, I said it out loud. I feel bad too. I'm like, Austin, cut that from the podcast. What I said about Gio. Okay. I'm sorry, Gio. I really am. I'm sorry to anybody listening to this, that I said that I take it back. I really take it back. Minimum, minimum wage. I know he plays his top four minutes all season. I know. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I take it back, Luke. I take it back. I'm sorry. Uh, Don't tell anybody I said that down there, okay? Just say that I was saying nice <laughs> things about you. Uh, Luke Fox, again, you can read him up on sportsnet.ca. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Okay. Enjoy the game, JD. Yeah, you too. Uh, I'll try. Uh, man, I am looking forward to the games. I said this after round one of looking forward to playoff games is the best. Can't wait to watch your team play the best. But there, there's a little apprehension going into tonight. Because just, I think Toronto is going to dominate this game. I think that they are going to find their rhythm. I think that they are going to play their pace. They are going to impose themselves on this one. Um, I think if they can get to Bobrovsky early, that you won't see locked in Bobrovsky. I think that that was very situational. He got to feel the puck. He got to build his confidence early on in the game. And then it extended into the later parts of it where I don't think Toronto was very strong. I just don't. I, I, I don't give Toronto a ton of credit for the ways that they played, in the, especially in the third period. Man, think about how it felt in that game. Why would it feel like the game is over when it was 4-2 with, what, still six minutes to play? The, the energy was sapped from the building, and everyone sort of knew. And I know, again, that's whatever. That's, it happened, so it's true. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't feel that way with the Leafs. They should feel like they're, in a, they're still in a ball game down two. Mm-hmm. That offense is way too potent, and it's the Panthers. Actually, I remember a regular season game a couple of years ago against the Panthers where they were down huge, and they had a massive comeback in the third. Different Panthers team, different Leafs team, but the, the point remains the same. Either way, I think the formula is pretty clear for the Leafs. they got to dominate offensive zone time. They need to establish the cycle, and their stars need to get to the highest percentage areas of the ice and take advantage of Florida defense pairings that are ultimately pretty vulnerable and should be vulnerable. And... Yeah, Boston choked away some games. But go back and look at the shot attempts in game five, for example, where they they choke one. If the Leafs lose one that way where you go, holy crap, they killed them, mm-hmm. but they let in some bad ones, we'll reassess, you reevaluate. But they got to have one of those games where they just put the, the foot on the throat of the Th- Florida Panthers and establish just how much better they're supposed to be than this team. Kachuk is awesome. That line is awesome. They can't have another game where... We're questioning how many guys you got to go down the lineup before you find the best leaf out of the best player rankings from a game like Luke identified. So yeah, that's it. That's the one for me. And hopefully keep the crowd in it too, because this is the thing about having a broken fan base. Yes, there's the suits, there's the sushi eaters, there's blah, 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 right? There's the corporate tickets that are there in Toronto. But also you have a fan base that's really used to heartbreak and disappointment. And so when the things start to go bad in the arena... The, the energy can shift real quick to graveyard mode. 
And I, I'm not a big fan blamer. I, it's hard for me to picture trying to tell a Leafs fan down two goals in the third period that has spent a thousand dollars to try to watch their team win a freaking game that they should have real urgency. Hey, stand up and support them. I think it's on the Leafs to make sure that the crowd is engaged throughout the entire game and that they don't have that energy bleed into the ice. Mm-hmm. It's on the players first. It's not on the fans to be going, you're down three, stay positive as you're sitting in your seat, drinking your $18 beer and your $600 (laughs) ticket. Like keep the crowd engaged in this hockey game. Anyway, subscribe to this podcast, leave five stars, do all those things, share, like, subscribe, review, do those things. I appreciate it. And reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus, because we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. And guess what? It's best bet time, which has been the success of 2023 so far. <laughs> time man of the year, 2023 better. You're on the cover. Bunker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like that. Do you remember that Time magazine where they put the mirror on the front? They went, the time person of the year is you. Did you feel inspired? No, I felt <laughs> like, boy, this is a new tough world. year for the world. Tough year for Time magazine where they did that. I know they that's their move is to always try to get a pop off the person of the year cover, but yeah, that was imagine being in the room where they were kicking that around going, what if you put up a just a shiny cover and the time person is you? You know there was one guy in the room that crapped on it and then people were like, <laughs> you're negative and he just decided to shut up and be quiet that it came out and everyone knew the mistake they made. <laughs> Anyways, quick break and we'll hit you with some bats next. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Supposed to be another cold, ugly one in Boston today where the Jays play in the middle afternoon. Obviously, we have the game here on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Love this, right? It's a 3.30 game today, right? Pretty sure. What? Six? 6 p.m. game. Oh. Where did you where did you even see three thirty? I don't know. For some reason, maybe I thought, West Coast time. You're a big West Coast time guy. Yeah. I, thought you were <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was in the middle of the day. Tomorrow's also six thirty. The bosses are cho- what? Tomorrow's also six thirty. Yeah. They're going earlier. Bosses are choked. They're like, hey, don't actually. They shouldn't be choked. Congratulations to the middle of the schedule today that gets the bump of people looking for the Blue Jays game. Either way, um, it's true, JD. You can listen to that game live today on Fan 590, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Leafs game will be on 680 News. Thank you for promoting it. Great idea. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. That's like nice, That's nice stats to 680. One. <laughs> the, the sister station. This is a real, it's a real good move of a sibling. All Thank hands you. on deck, baby. Yeah, everybody's, don't worry. We'll take care of this. We'll make sure that all the bases are covered. So that's there tonight. But, Ah, damn it. I was all excited thinking that I was going to get to watch the Jays. I thought all morning I woke up today going, yes, yes, Jays. Because that's the perfect thing. That's the best way to get rid of the the wait before something. That's the worst television time. The worst hangout time is the 30 to 45 minutes before the game where you're just kind of sitting there going, it's like 6 oh, p.m. The hockey game. Yeah. 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 Now I hate this time. Play the game. Yeah. It's it's like the last 25 minutes before your exam. Yeah, 100%. And you just know you can't learn anything else, that even if you try to cram something in your brain, it's just going to push something else out. Yeah. And you're sitting in the hallway with all the other dorks. <laughs> Time's dragging Yeah, on. waiting to get in there so you can get exposed for what you don't so know. So you can get a 40 and walk <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, so you can just <laughs> hand that paper in and go, I hope that my messy writing 
forces this guy to look at it and go, I'm not even going to read all this. I'll just, based off reputation, <laughs> be minus this sucker. One of those sucker. things where the teacher hands you the test with the face down yeah. so you know you bombed it. Uh, that's No, that's bad. I never had that. You never, never. had that? No. So. He's academic. I was honestly a test killer. I would murder tests. My issue was the homework. Oh. Uh, My issue was yeah. working without supervision <laughs> that was the big one for me sit me down in front of a test i'll bang that sucker out mm-hmm. don't worry plus man i'm a lot of those a lot of the subjects too that like history i'm good at remembering them i i won't write it if if i if you read it and went is this a coherent paper that's the thing on a paper you got to put them all down in wonderful line yeah. of thoughts an exam you just mash what you remember oh, onto yeah. a page you just, just thought. You just thought dump. That, <laughs> uh, here's what I remember. Here's a couple things. How many booklets can I fill on right. this one subject? Exactly, today? dude. The more booklets you fill, the less likely they are to Double read it. Double spacing it. We're going like size 18 <laughs> yeah. font on that they bad boy. Scan, but they scan through the extra booklet of smudged up writing, and you know some TA is looking at that, going, "No, it's <laughs> 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 just no way." Okay, so yeah, once you see how the sauces is just made on those things, it changes your perspective. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's time for best bets, brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year. My sportsbook, the sportsbook I use, in my opinion, the best book. Early payouts. Just a million different things to offer you, including 339 betting options for today's Blue Jays game, which is at 610, not at 330, as some people Damn. were saying. Not, I was just Who'd repeating. You hear it from? I was just hearing from some people. Anyway, <laughs> I like this. I like this game tonight for Toronto. They just need this one. I do kind of like Toronto's bullpen at least now rested. They don't have to go to the the scrubs. Doesn't mm-hmm. feel as desperate. They've given some guys a bit of rest. So you can go back to the Swansons, the Jimmies, the Romanos. That's the other thing. They the, it, it sucks having those guys feel so pressed right now in May because the Jays have played in a bunch of close games. Yeah. That yesterday you have to try to see if Anthony Bass can give you outs. Newsflash, no, he cannot. <laughs> but three hits immediately. Now at least those guys are ready. Gossman, obviously a stud. The Jays' real stopper. But the price is minus 167. I will say that the over being plus 100 mm. for over eight and a half, that's a little intriguing given that it is Fenway and given that the temperatures are the same and how much guys were having difficulty on defense. Yeah. So something to look at, but that's not my best bet. My best bet is actually a nightmare. Well, that's a good way to start it. I know. <sighs> I respect LeBron James a lot. Mm. And I have a pretty... I'm pretty strong against a few things. I don't like unders in basketball, and I certainly don't like unders in basketball betting against great players. Yeah. It's just no fun because you know they're going to get a bunch of shots. They're going to have the ball in their hands a ton. Yeah. They have free range to do this. But follow me on the theory here, all right? Following. LeBron James under 25 and a half points. Hmm. I know. Elaborate. It sounds criminal. The The... The way to do it is this. The case is actually pretty simple. First of all, in the playoffs, LeBron has gone over that total how many times? Guess. It's I, not many. It's it's three times, I would guess. Because Once. Once over 25. Yeah, he's getting 22 yeah. points, and he's playing really yeah. good defense and rebounding, yeah, but he, he has not been scoring the ball at an elite level. Man, mm-hmm. he, he, these are his three-point totals. 
Okay, these are these are his threes. Last game, one of eight. Two of five, nice. One of nine. One of seven, 0 for four, one of eight, three of eight. That's him in the playoffs so far. He just he he hasn't he hasn't been stroking it. Mm-hmm. He's also been playing really heavy. He played 40 minutes in the last game. Yep. It's a guy who's still not on a great foot. I know that this, some of you listen, some of you can't tell this because you go, man, I'm not fading LeBron. I'm just not fading LeBron in a game where he has the opportunity to put Golden State on the ropes. They're going to give Golden State their best punch. But here's the thing. Golden State needs this game. They're heavy favorites in it. If they start to go up big, I think they're five and a half point favorites in this game. If you think that Golden State has a good chance of blowing out LeBron and the Lakers, guess what's going to happen? LeBron's going to go into conservation mode. If you watched the game, um, what was it? Game five against the Grizzlies? Yeah, it was game five. Or he, he, didn't, he didn't play that much. Didn't take that many shots. He went into conservative mode. He didn't play that much in game six. Yes, know. but that's it. Is they're going to take, well, that was a blow for them, but yeah. yes. He only played 36 minutes. They're going to make sure that they watch his minutes in these games. I don't think this will be one where he's pushing it over the 40 mark. I think the Warriors are going to get this one done. I think they're going to take care of business at home. I think mm-hmm. that they're a little bit more rested now. Game seven, by the way, thanks a lot, Austin. I bet on... The New Jersey Devils yesterday, thanks to you, because of your Game 7 stat, and yeah, I got... I staying, yeah, yeah no. thanks. <laughs> I was on Carolina, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, I like Carolina. Bad. Austin comes in with a stat over the top. You and immediately whoop. flipped. Dude, that game, <laughs> first of all, by the time I turned it on, it was one nothing, right? Yeah. So I was already in the hole, and I was cursing Austin's name <laughs> for the rest of the night. Every time I'd flip over, it wasn't a hockey, because I was just giving it the, the secondary flip, right? And then yeah. the third flip, Austin, it's how just getting dare worse you? and worse and worse. Anyway... Wasn't even close. Like, that was a bad call. LeBron's only got over once. He's not shooting the three well. And there's a game script here where the Warriors are blowing him out and he doesn't play as many minutes. I got to go under 25 and a half. That's my Botano best bet of the day. That's what I'm playing. And it, the number is actually really nice too. It's minus 108 for that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. So I'm sorry, LeBron. I respect LeBron. I hate betting against you. I don't think I've ever done this before. I don't think I've ever faded LeBron James in a bet. This is a completely unprecedented territory for me. Recipe for disaster. But yeah, I'm hoping that I finish Leafs talk tonight, which you please watch after the game. It's going to be live on YouTube and SN now, second the game is done. And then I settle in for the second half. And what I see is Warriors up 14 points. LeBron, two of nine. (laughs) You know, that... A couple of free throws and he missed one. That's the ideal situation. Anyways, that was Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. Hit me up in the DMs if you want to check it out. The game starts now. Go Leafs.